Hi, I'm Roger Blackmore. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis Church on Long Island in New York. Thanks for downloading our podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. If you want to learn a bit more about our church, then check out our website, genesisli.com. And of course, if you live within traveling distance of us, we'd love to see you in person on Sunday morning, worshiping with us. So here's today's message. Enjoy. So here we are, 13 weeks later, 13 weeks later, apart from anything else, we've missed graduations, birthdays, celebrations, funerals, so many things. Because of the measures that have been put in place, because the bottom line is this, really, that Nobody wants people to die. Over the last number of Sundays, I've, I've, I've been looking at a series which I called What Matters Most, which is really what a lot of us have been sorting out over these last weeks and months now. What really matters most? And uh, today what I wanted to do was I wanted to focus on what matters most is understanding life and death. I was listening to something or something popped up on, on, on social media the other day, and, and this, uh, these folks were singing, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, come in for to carry me home. Some of you might remember that. If you do, you're old. But, um, but anyways, like, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, and, and it's like, you know, I can't wait to be in heaven. And, and you know what? I found out everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Right? That's why you're washing your hands 97 times a day. We want to go to heaven, but we don't want to die. That's why you've got a mask on, because you don't want to die, and you don't want to cause other people to die. We can't wait to see Jesus, but we want to wait. Right? I mean, I'm less than three weeks away from my 70th birthday. The Bible says the life expectancy in average, somebody could expect, they say three score years and ten, because that's an old-fashioned Bible way. That means 70. 70. That means 19 days, folks. 19 days. So yesterday I filed my paperwork for an extension. Right? Because everybody wants to go to heaven, and I, but not quite yet. And, and in a more serious vein, there are those of us who have been tragically affected these past few months as loved ones have passed. And what I want to look at today is what the Bible says about understanding life and death. Three simple truths. Number one, we were created to live forever. That was the plan from get-go. We were created to live forever. In Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15, it says this. It refers to, here's God speaking, and it says, thus says the holy and lofty one who inhabits eternity. God is the Holy One, the one who lives on high, and He inhabits eternity. God is eternal. So, we serve a God who is an eternal God. In Psalm 19, in verse 2, it says this, long before the mountains were born, long before you brought earth itself to birth, from one time to kingdom come, you are God. Now, older translations of the Bible say from eternity to eternity, you are God. I really like this. From once upon a time (laughs) to kingdom come. 
My mother used to say to us at kids sometimes, one of her stock phrases was, if you don't stop doing that, I'm going to knock you into kingdom come. So now I found where that is. It's eternity up there. So from once upon a time to kingdom come, forever God is God. God is an eternal God. Now, there's a very interesting statement in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3 and verse 11. And here's what it says. It says of God, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Now, look at the next bit. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. We can't understand God's works or ways, but God's put eternity in our hearts. There's something that longs for the eternal. There is something that wants to connect with the eternal. And the Bible says that's what God has put in our hearts, something that reaches for that. But the truth is a lot of people don't realize what it is that their heart is longing for, and they take a long time realizing that. When I was in my 30s, I was one of the coolest dressers out. I know that's hard to believe now, but, um, but I, was, I was like, cool, cool, you know? And, and the reason for that was, uh, at that point, we had, a, we had a teenage son who's very, very aware of, of, of what he wore. He's very fashion conscious. And he would drive us nuts when he was in his early teens. It was like, you know, the winter was coming on. He needed a new winter jacket and stuff. And it was like, it was never a cheap one. It was like, I've seen one in this store, just happens to be the most expensive around store, and, and, and that's the one I really, really want. Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? It's like, we didn't have a lot of money. It's like, I don't know. And, and then you know how kids are, dripping tap thing, right? And, 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 and then it was like, okay, your birthday is November, Christmas. It's going to be your birthday, yeah, and your Christmas. Yeah, that's fine. If I can just have it, just have it. I remember one of them was a bright yellow jacket. And uh, it's a kind of padded for the winters in Scotland. It was a really good warm jacket. And he had his yellow jacket. And he was so thrilled on Christmas Day with his yellow jacket. But before the winter was over, he was wearing his old one all the time. I said, yeah, I don't think I like that one anymore. I said, that's cool. I'll wear it. So I did. So whatever was cool, there was another one white with some blue stuff around it, wore it for a couple of months, and then it did. No, nah, I don't like that one anymore. Yeah, fine, I'll take it. That's good. That's good. But you know, some people, to, to get a bigger picture, are like that with life as a whole. They're always wanting what never satisfies, because you know what's missing? It's connection with eternity. God has put eternity in our hearts. Let me ask you this question. Pay attention because it's a little confusing. What if what you're looking for is not what you're looking for? Hey, that's as profound as we get here, okay? Or it's as profound as this part of the preaching team gets, okay? But what if? What if what you're looking for is actually not what you're looking for? It's like you're thinking, if you could get that job, if you could get that promotion, if you could live in that house, if you could drive that car, if you had this much in your pension fund, if you could just go to Hawaii once in your life. Wow, that's all I would ever want. 
But then you find out sometimes when you reach those things, there's still the longing inside. What if what you're looking for is not what you're looking for? See, there are a lot of people who struggle to find material solutions to what is going on inside. And material solutions will never work when within what we're actually trying to connect with is eternity, with the God who is eternal. From eternity to eternity. So a lot of people kind of think that stuff will do it for them. And then you get sort of, then you get the folks who get all mystical on you. Like, I really, if I could just connect with my inner self. Don't do that. You don't like your outer self. So don't do that. Don't do that. It's going to be nasty. If I can do, no, the answer is not within you. The answer is to satisfy the longing that is within you for connection with the eternal God. That's what the secret is. Some folks say, I, if I could, I just need to connect with the force of nature around me. You know what the force of nature is, the cycle of nature is? It's birth, life, death. What's that got for you? Because what's in us is really grasping for the eternal. God made us for eternity. The Bible opens with mankind connected with God. You all know the story. That's the way it's meant to be. And then you know how that story developed, right? In Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, it, it says this. It says, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam that is, and death came through sin, in this way death came to all people because all sinned. So, so man was with God, man was connected with the eternal, and then he sins, and then every, everything's changed. Now, that's not because God's malicious, it's because God's holy. And, and like, it's, it's, it's like, you know, <laughs> I heard a guy years ago saying, you know, I can't wait till space, space exploration will be able to take people to the sun. And I said, yes, that would be very nice. Go at night. Uh, <laughs> you wonder where some people come in from. You know, you wonder how they tie their shoelaces in the morning. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, from what I gather, if the earth got any closer to the sun right now, much closer, we would, the truth is we would all burn up. It's not the sun's fault. It's the way it is. And you know, God's holiness is God's holiness. And the fact is that when people sin, they can't go into the presence of God. We're separated from God by our sin. And then in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9, it reminds us of this. It says about Jesus, He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey Him. So thank God, through Christ, there came forgiveness, there came the opportunity, the promise, the hope of eternal salvation. So John, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12 really puts it very succinctly. It says, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. The secret of life is being connected to Jesus. And when Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have life. And then you begin to fulfill your destiny because you and I were created to live forever. What matters most? Understanding life and death. God made us to live forever. 
The second thing I want to highlight on this topic this morning is this, recognizing that our days have been planned by a loving Father. Our days have been planned by a loving Father. And that, so often in life, is something that's very, very difficult to grasp. There's a family in our church a number of weeks ago now who were thrilled the birth of a baby granddaughter. And they discovered very, very soon that the baby had a brain tumor that would be inoperable and uncurable. And within weeks, the baby passed. I can't explain that. I can't understand that. I do, though, believe that our days have been planned by a loving Father. And even when I can't understand, here's what I believe. God is still God, and God is still good. Though it's beyond me, I don't know everything, and I can't understand everything. But here's what I do know. God is love. God cares. And God plans our days. In the book of, in the book of Job, chapter 14, here's what it says. It says, a person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. That's so important to grasp. God has decreed the number of months we will live, and God has set limits that we cannot exceed. As I said, I can't understand all this, so when I can't understand, I trust. I've probably over the years spent more time than, than many of you that are worshiping with us this morning with families that are grieving, with families that are really devastated by the loss of a loved one. I've been in so many situations with families where it just seems so uh, strange, and, and, and you know what, to human thinking, it just didn't seem right. In early years of pastoring, I agonized in those situations because I'm sitting with families who are asking things like, why would God let this happen? Why did God take him? This doesn't seem to be sensible at all. And when I was a young pastor, I thought I had to know everything. And so if I didn't know everything, I just made stuff up. Because the truth is, you know, one of the great things about, you know, <laughs> continuing in this journey in ministry is I found I can be comfortable being myself. So if you ask me a question, I think I don't know is a totally legitimate answer. Right? So I don't know. So, so, so you say to me, why did God take this person? I'm going to tell you I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to give you a few ideas. Well, maybe this, maybe that. I'm just going to be gut honest and say, I don't know, but God does. And I've got to trust Him because there's no alternative. When I can't understand, I trust Him. Psalm 139 in verse 16, the, 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 the psalmist wrote this. He said to God, your eyes saw my unformed body. So God, God saw him before he was born. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God who knows the end from the beginning, who is from eternity to eternity, 
from once upon a time to kingdom come. God knows. All my days were written in a book. That's why, that, that's why you know, that's, here, here's the thought, okay? I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to die yet, right? I've, I've, that, is that clear? If that disqualifies me from being a pastor, I'm done. Um, okay, but I don't want to die yet. That's, that's the truth. But here's the thing. The day I do draw my last breath, it will be because God ordained that that was the day. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So whatever it might be, you know, sometimes I've heard people say things and, you know, things like, well, you know, whether cancer got him. Cancer doesn't get people. God gets people. God gets people. There comes the moment when God says, come home. Nothing can thwart the plans of God and the purposes in his hand. There was a song around uh, a few years ago by City of Light, and it, part of it goes like this. In days of peace and days of rest, in times of loss and loneliness, though rich or poor, your word is true, that all my days are known to you. No trial has come beyond your hand, no step I walk beyond your plan. The path is dark outside my view, still all my ways are known to you. And I want to remind you this Sunday morning, wherever your life might be right now, and even if your path in life is dark right now, I just want to remind you of this, all your days are known to Him. God knows where you're at, God knows what's going on, and God is right there with you in the middle of it all. God's there. Uh, and you know what, it's a number of years ago, I'd been invited to come to Long Island to pastor a church here, and it took me a long time to make that decision. I didn't know how wonderful Long Island was, of course, or how wonderful all the people were, but I was thinking about leaving one country, going to another country, and uprooting our family, and it's a big thing. And I've got a lot of things going through my head, and while I was working with this decision over a couple of months, I, uh, I was going to India to do some ministry there, and uh, a friend of mine from Canada was with me, and I've, he flew from Toronto to London, I flew from Aberdeen, Scotland to London, and then we were on the same plane to India. So I'd been talking to him about the invitation to move to the United States. So he said, so Roger, what's the deal? I said, I don't know, because there's still things that... I want to do. There's still plans we've got. There's still things we're looking at developing the church there in Scotland. And he said to me, everyone leaves this world with things left undone if they're really visionaries looking forward. And that helped me. That helped me. Because there is a little bit in me that's a visionary looking forward always be things undone. In the book of Hebrews, it says that about some of the great uh, Old Testament heroes of faith. In Hebrews 11 13, it says this, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They had not received the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers 
on earth. Listen, we won't get it all, find it all, understand it all here. We are foreigners and we are strangers upon this earth because the bottom line is we don't belong here. We're not going to stay here forever. God didn't make us to be here forever, but the reality is our eternal home is with the one who is eternal. Foreigners and strangers on earth, and our days have been planned by a loving Father. So, with that in mind, Psalm 90 and verse 12 says this, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. God, help us to value every day. Help us to value every day. And help us to make every day purposeful and meaningful. Teach us to number our days. One of the things that matters most is understanding life and death. We were made for eternity. Our plans have, our days have been planned by a a loving Father. But then let me go on to this finally. Death does not have the last word on that. I love this one. I love this one. Death does not have the last word. I do not know how many funerals I have conducted in in very close to 50 years of pastoring now, but it's been a heck of a lot. But I tell you this, one of the most fantastic things is knowing death does not have the last word. It really is. We we were in a hospital room, uh, my father and my siblings, as my mother was gasping for, for her last breaths. And some of you have been there, and you wait, and you watch, and then suddenly the last breath, the next breath doesn't come. And she was gone. And here's what I said to myself, because none of my family were believers at that point. Here's what I said to myself, where, O death, is your sting? Where, O grave, is your victory? Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death never gets the last word. God gets the last word. And for my mother to be absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. Death doesn't have the last word. John chapter 14, love this stuff. John 14 and verse 1. Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If that weren't so, Would I have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. I quite like the older translations of those verses that says, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. I think I'm more suited to a mansion than a room. In my Father's house are many. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I'm done, I'm going to come back. Now, now here's, here's something to think about. God created the heaven and the earth in six days, right? Six days he made the heaven and the earth. It is 2,000 years ago 
since Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you. Now, I want to tell you this. In New York, construction goes slow, mainly because mainly of red tape. But anyway, we won't go there today. Construction goes slow. I don't think construction goes slow in heaven, but I am telling you this. I don't want to go there yet, but I'm waiting to see the mansion that has taken 2,000 years for a God to put together who could make heaven and earth in six days. Yeah, you want to be next door to me, don't you? Yeah, you want one of those too. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me. That where I am, you can be also. That's the hope of the believer. That's what we know is ahead of us. Sure, we're very, very connected with this earth, with our families, with our loved ones. And the thought of leaving them is, 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 is not something we want to kind of really think about too long. But we do know this, that when the time comes when this body is done with, we have an eternal place in heaven that Jesus has prepared for us. What an incredible hope we have. Life's full of all kinds of experiences and moments, moments of joy, moments of sadness, moments of testing, moments of fear, moments of anxiety. Because this isn't heaven. This isn't eternal. This isn't what we were made to be part of forever and forever. But that is. That is, Psalm 16 and verse 11 says this. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You know where joy is full, where your joy is fulfilled? It's when we get into the presence of Jesus. That's when it all happens. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. This world is not where we live, where we will stay is not our home. Revelation 21, verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. What matters most is understanding life and death and really reminding ourselves death has not got the last word. Now, I'll keep washing my hands and wearing a mask and staying six feet away from you because I don't want to get sick. But here's the reality. I do have this assurance because God put eternity in my heart. And the eternity in here has connected with the eternity who is Jesus Christ. And so the hope of heaven is a very real one. There'll be three. There'll be three interesting things when I get to heaven, I think. I think number one is I'll be surprised. Some people I thought were going to be there, and they're not. And, and then I think I'll be surprised that some people who are there, and I didn't think they were going to be. But the greatest surprise of heaven will be that I'm there. I'm there. 
that God in his grace and in his mercy, that God looked for me when I was a kid and God found me and God gave me the gift of eternal life and the eternity within me connected with the eternal God. And the most amazing thing will be that I am in heaven. Wow. So here you go. Now, not to get morbid or anything, because we've been talking about three score years and ten, but here's a little practical thing I want you to do for me. Some of you heard me say this before, but when we were kids, we, we, we'd eat pretty well, although you know, our, my folks didn't have much money. But every day when, when we went to the table to sit down for dinner, I would look to see if there was a dessert spoon. Because some nights we had dessert. And I love dessert. You can keep the entree. Just give me two servings of dessert. I'm, I'm like, I'm good with that. I don't discriminate. I eat dessert, whatever it is. Whatever it is, I'll eat the sweet stuff. I love dessert. So I would go, and, and I was always so happy when, when there was, sorry, I say dessert spoon, because we're British and we eat properly, right? You guys use forks. That's just wrong. Uh, but anyway, dessert spoons. Uh, and, and, and so I'd look for the dessert spoon. And if the dessert spoon was there, man, I would be really, really happy because I knew we're going to get some good stuff at the end of this. So when my journey does end, two requests. Lay me out wearing Converse because that's what I wear. It's just Right? But lay me out with a spoon in my hand. <laughs> and when anybody asks you, what is, what is that about? Who the heck put a spoon in there? You tell them that's what he wanted. Because he knows the best is still to come. So important. So important to understand life and death. Let's pray.